0: Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Uh, Before I get started, oh, I'm Chris, one of the pastors here. Um, Before I get started, I have a couple of uh, little, little mini announcements I want to make. Uh, First, I want to thank Tom for coming out. Uh, Tom, um, as you've heard, he attends Matthew Covenant, but uh, we're a little short of worship leaders, and so I I talked to Tom, and then to come one week, and he's like, you know, I can come like once a month, you know, and help out, and so he's going to be coming um, a little bit more regularly, uh, driving out to help us lead worship, and uh, he's a good friend, and I I really appreciate that, Um, not just to to me, but he's a good friend to our church and our Covenant family. So... uh, So thanks to Tom, i appreciate it. Yeah, you can give him a hand. Um, I also would uh, like to say, I don't know if you know this, but there's some people, there's a lot khaki today um, in the congregation, Um, and that is because it is Scout Sunday. Um, I don't know much about Scout Sunday, but I found out a little bit this week. Um, So this is the hundredth and, how many? yeah, this is the 127th like, birthday of the Scouts. And so uh, so this is kind of their birthday celebration. They come here, they worship with us. So, um, so thank you, Scouts, for being here. And uh, they were outside doing a little bit of shuffling and stuff earlier this morning, too. So thanks for that. Um, now, I just want to... This is still an announcement, but let's start this announcement with a story. Um, when my wife, Alyssa, and I uh, went to college... We went to this little uh, non-denominational storefront church um, in Moscow, Idaho. And uh, it was a great little community. My favorite thing about it was they had a Thursday night service. Um, and they, they'd sing a song or two, but it would be mostly be people sitting in a circle uh, sharing a Bible verse or two that God brought to their attention that week. Um, and that was the one rule. Like anyone could share, but it had to be something that came out of their Bible reading that week. Um, And every week, uh, you know, 10, 12, however many people, um, they'd share about how God was trying to show up in their lives. And it was a really kind of cool service. And and that's the thing. They called it a church service. Um, Not a Bible study or a community group. They called it church. Um, And I asked. I asked some of the elders, like, um, how how did you guys start doing that? Like, what's that all about? And they told me that their Thursday night service used to be a more traditional service, something like this. but then the pastor who founded the church, you know, who had led many of them to Christ, uh, he was discovered. Um, the pastor was having several affairs with women he counseled. Um, he was stealing money from the church. And, and when he was discovered, he ran out of town and he moved to Anchorage. True story. <laughs> um, he came up here. And, um, and it turns out that this man had done this in several other communities. Right, he'd go there, and it's usually uh, places with colleges, because he'd kind of work with college students, um, and he'd kind of get involved. He'd lead successful Bible studies, which grew into churches, but then the pattern would repeat. He'd end up having affairs, stealing money, and then running away. Um, and so the church, they started using Thursday night services to kind of process their grief and, and, and talk about whether or not, you know, should we keep this church going? Should we still meet? Um, And they found that the conversations were really healing, so they kept it up. And they found that through sharing scripture, um, their discussion became more meaningful, right? It was enriched, it was deepened. And it it kept it from just being a communal whining session. Um, They kind of transformed their time into a healing, restorative, soul-shaping time. And so they decided to keep that that church service going, Um, even though they didn't have a pastor. And, um, and actually, they, they ended up never having a pastor again. They just rotated elders um, um, who, who um, shared the preaching duties. But Thursday nights, they kept the service like around um, a time for communities to share about how God was revealing himself to them in Scripture. And I love those Thursday night services. Uh, because there's an expectation that God was going to be doing something in your life. That as you read the Bible, like you were going to find something. You were going to find something that was good for you. Um... And so even if I went and I didn't have something to share that week, I could still hear and I could still see how God was doing something active in the friends that I made lives. And I could trust that God was going to be doing something in my life. So, now this is an announcement. That's one of the reasons why we're going to be doing the Bible Recap Recap on Sunday nights. It's going to be our little version of a Thursday night service. It's a time to just share what God's been revealing to you in Scripture. Um, And so many of us are going through the Bible recap reading plan, but you don't have to be going through that. You just have to be involved in Scripture. And sometimes you might not have a lot to share, and so you'll listen. And sometimes you might have a little bit more to say. But it's a time set aside to remind you that a relationship with God is a living thing. And God is speaking to us we just need to learn how to listen and so a basic rundown of that time is going to be this, we're going to gather we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together and then we'll just open the time for sharing scripture what did you read this week that that touched your life Um, you know, how did that touch your life, and then during the last ten minutes or so, uh, we'll pray for one another, you know, maybe we'll partner up we'll we'll do a little different things Um, but we'll pray for one another and that's it Okay? No big anything. No video, no speaking, no lecture from me. That's it. Anybody can lead it. I'll, I'll be there. But um, eventually, hopefully, um, I won't have to be there. Um, I'll still probably be there. but Because um, it's not going to be dependent on me. Alright. So, that is the announcement of the Bible Recap Recap. Starting at 5 tonight at 6 o'clock, there's also okay, I know this Bible study sounds so, or it's not a Bible study, it's, it is a study, but God's purpose for your organizational life. It sounds so dry, so boring. Actually, I, know, I was talking to somebody about it, and um, they said, Chris, that is such a sexy name. <laughs> and, um, but I, I went through it, and so many of us struggle with, like, what is the purpose of our work? How does our work fit into God's plans? And that's what the study looks at. How does God use work? How does God use your job like how does God use your more than just your job but your workplace for his kingdom purposes and um, it's an opportunity to to dig into that um, it'll be like a video based Then there'll be discussion and stuff like that but that is at 6 o'clock All right. sorry that's a lot more than I meant to say but uh, I just wanted to, to give you some of that let's pray and then we'll dig into the word Holy Father Thank you. Thank you that you love us, that you seek us out, that you want to have a relationship with us. Our Lord, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, um, and give us strength to follow after you. In Christ's name, amen. All right. Um, the, we are beginning a series on Ephesians. And uh, we're choosing Ephesians because um, this letter is about how God's active in the world and how we should live into God's purposes. And I thought this was gonna be very apropos as our first kind of full sermon series of the year um, because it's an election year, honestly. And all year round, we're gonna be bombarded with messages about how America and the world is going down the toilet and it's the other guy's fault, okay? Whoever the other guy's gonna be. Um, And it's gonna be easy to give into despair. Especially when we know there are real problems. There are real problems that the world faces. And there are no easy solutions, and there's little willingness to actually work with one another on those. But despite that, despite that God is active, God is alive, and the gospel is still true. Jesus is good news for our world, for our country, for our state, for our community, for our friends, for our family, for us. And we want to hold fast to that truth. And so, the way this series is going to go, we're going to spend some time in the first three chapters of this book. And then we're going to take a little break. Um, That's kind of a natural, like, dividing point in the book. And there's going to be, then we're going to have some guest preachers, and it's going to be Palm Sunday and Easter. um, And I have to go on a field trip, so I'll be gone for a couple weeks. And so we will have some other guest preachers. But then we're going to start back with the last three chapters. All right. Now, as we start reading these first 14 verses of Ephesians, I I want us to remember something. Our stories are not our own. The story of who you are began way before you were born. Right? There were choices made by your ancestors, by your parents, by your grandparents, that have helped shape who you are today. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at that bigger story. So with that, let's start to walk through Ephesians. Um, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about Paul's first trip to Ephesus, um, and there he met some people that were following Jesus, but they had a complete, incomplete understanding of him. And Paul ended up. Um, staying in Ephesus for two years, evangelizing and teaching the people. Now, this letter of Ephesians is to that same community. Um, you need find out that story in Acts chapter 19. Um, but this letter is about five to seven years later, okay? So five to seven years later. And the Ephesians that Paul met, you know, his first time there, uh, they were very receptive to his message, or at least the Gentiles were. And so Paul, when he's writing this letter, he's writing to a church that he knew, um, that he was familiar with. And unlike some of the other letters um, in the Bible, um, there doesn't seem to be any big controversy that Paul's addressing. Um, he wasn't trying to mediate a problem. He was just try- writing to a community that he loved, that he was invested in. All right, let's continue on. Uh, verses 3 through 16. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ You're a blessed people. And this passage starts out with the declaration that in Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. We've been given every blessing for the flourishing of our relationship with God. God wants to be close to us. right? Through His Son, He has given us every means, every way, everything that we need to grow close to Him. And I don't know about you, but it does make me think, well, Why? Why would God do that? Why would God do this for us? Why does God care that much about us? Why do we deserve that? And honestly, I do not have a great answer for that. I don't. Scripture just says, God loves us. He just loves us, he made us, he loves us. He cares about us. It's not about anything about what we did. And he's loved us since before we were born. Before you were born, before the creation of the world, God chose us. And he said, man, Chris, Chris, I love that guy. I love that guy. He is a good guy, and I'm going to bless him, and he's going to be part of my family. Right? He said, Asa, Asa, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. I love that kid. I want to bless him. I want to give him everything that he needs. Right? He, just picks, he just picks us out. He just picks us out. And he names us. In love, he chooses us to be part of his family because he loves us. And through Christ Jesus, we are adopted to his family. And that should give us praise. And now, but there's something I want to point out about that word, um, adoption. Um, it's a beautiful word. but It's also kind of a tragic word. Now I'm going to take some liberties here, because um, adoption means different things in different cultures. I want to kind of talk about adoption in our culture. When someone is adopted, it means that something bad happens to them. Right? I mean, it just does. When you dig into any adopted person's story, you'll find the tragedy. A family relationship that was somehow broken. Somewhere along the wrong way something bad happened so that person no longer had a family that they could belong to. And there could be stories of addiction or of trauma or just an accident or extreme poverty or in desperation. It could be any number of things that the bottom of every adoption is a tragedy. But adoption is a beautiful word. It's still a beautiful word. Because it says, no, no, that tragedy does not have to define you, right? Because you will have a family. You will have a place. You will belong, despite that tragedy. And church, we are all adopted into God's family. And because we all have tragedies. Right? We all do. We all have heartbreaks. We all have things that have gone wrong in our lives. And if you haven't, just wait. It's coming. All right? That's one thing we can be sure of. Your heart will be broken. But God says, no, no, those tragedies, those tragedies are not what define you. They're not what make you who you are. You're more than the hurts you've experienced, you're more than the sins that steal life. God tells us from the beginning of time, before the creation of the universe, you've been wanted. You have been wanted. You're not an accident. You're not an accident. You're meant to be part of a family, God's family. Right? God says, you belong to me. You're part of my family. And that leads us into the next section, Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This world, this universe, was always meant to be held under Christ. All things in heaven and earth were always meant to work together. They're always meant to work in harmony under the rule and authority of Christ. And out of his grace, out of his love, the creator chose to make the heavens and the earth. And that creation rebelled against its creator. We chose to listen to evil, to doubt goodness and provision of God. We learned how to fear, how to mistrust. We learned shame. And creation's relationship with the creator was broken. But God chose to love us, despite the widening gaps between us. And time and time again, we chose to live into our fear, our shame, our greed, But God continued to show his love and his commitment to us. I mean, that's the story of Scripture, right? Adam and Eve in the garden. Noah and his family in the flood. Abraham in the wilderness. Joseph in slavery. Moses in Egypt. David in the kingdom of Israel. Exile. Daniel in Babylon and Persia. And then the return home again. And then exile again. And then the diaspora over and over again. There's always separation. Some sort of tragedy always happens. People always make mistakes. But God lavishes His grace on us. Always working to bring people back to Him. Because God's plan has always been for us to be with Him. For us. For you and for me to be in intimate relationship with God. So when we read these old Bible stories, they're really like the stories of our lives, just told in a different scale. right? When we read about Adam and Eve in the garden... We should see ourselves failing to trust God, failing to trust God's goodness, listening to the wrong voices. When we read about Joseph's brothers um, looking at him in jealousy and selling him into slavery, right, we should see that the way that we're jealous, the way we become envious and what that leads us to do. When we hear about how Israel failed to follow the clear rules that God laid out for them, we should remember how we repeatedly fail to do the clear things that God has told us to do, the clear ways that God has shown us to be involved in our community, to care for one another, to seek the good. But we should also see, right, in those stories, God is continually at work in bringing us back to him, bringing us back to him. And all that work accumulates, right? It accumulates in Jesus, the Christ, the creator who enters creation who through his own self-sacrifice offers us redemption. In Christ, there is ultimate redemption, the fullness of grace, the forgiveness of sin, the restoration of everything. And that is is what everything's been headed towards. And Paul is telling us, fear not. The world is not heading to hell in a handbasket. It's not. It's heading to Jesus. Right? Fear mongers will always say, It's getting worse it's getting worse and it might be but past that it's going through jesus in the fullness of times all things will be united with him through christ the creator is bringing his wayward creation back to him um and and to be clear if you're reading this in greek um verses 13 through 14 is actually just one long sentence it's actually the second longest sentence in the new testament um and if you know anything about grammar, I used to be an English teacher before I, I got into ministry. Um, a sentence is just a group of words that make up a complete idea, okay? The main idea in this long sentence, you know, there's, sure, there's lots of clauses that modify and stuff, but the, the main clause, right, is that little, that bit in verse 10, to bring to unity all things in heaven and on earth under Christ, right? That's the point. That things on heaven and earth, all be brought together under Christ. All right, now the last little bit. Uh, verses 11 through 14. In him we were also chosen, having be, been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who are first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth and the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked within him with the seal the promised Holy Spirit who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We've always been part of God's plan and the Holy Spirit is the mark that we belong to the creator. Um, the Holy Spirit was promised by Jesus to bring us closer to Him. So, when you feel drawn to demonstrate compassion, you are experiencing the Holy Spirit. When you are compelled to serve others, that's the Holy Spirit. When you welcome strangers, that's the Holy Spirit. When you speak out against injustice, that is the Holy Spirit. When you demonstrate love to those that others hate and despise, that is the Holy Spirit. Sacrifice for the well being of others, that's the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is cultivating qualities and traits in us bit by bit to make us more like Jesus, right? He's drawing us to Jesus. It's prom- the Holy Spirit's prompting us to be more and more like Him who we love because that's the ultimate purpose, right? To be united with God in Christ. And the Holy Spirit is given to all who receive Jesus, to all who are baptized in, all who are willing to lay down their life and be reborn in Christ. If you confess Jesus as Lord, you have the Holy Spirit because it's for everyone who confesses Jesus. You're being made more and more like Jesus. Um, I I think I told this story once before, but I had this friend in high school and um, he was exactly... Exactly like his dad, um, so much so that we'd all laugh and, and kind of tease him about it um, because they had the same manner of speech They would walk in the same way. They had the same body language, the same sense of humor. It was hilarious Especially because my friend was adopted Okay, and he was from Ecuador. He was very dark-skinned and his dad was like this pale blonde guy, okay? <laughs> but he was just like his dad just like his dad, because he grew up with his dad. He looked up to his father and he followed his father and bit by bit, despite the outward appearance, he became just like his dad, just like his dad. And that's what's happening to us bit by bit, little by little, we're being transformed into Christ's likeness because that's what happens when you become part of a family, right? You start acting like each other, right? you start learning. all of this, all of this stuff happens in Christ, because of Christ with Christ, um, actually uh, that little prepositional phrase, right, in Christ or in him, or one of the little variations that, 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 that occurs eleven times, eleven times in, in this passage um, actually I think twelve if you count uh, verses one and two um, because everything happens to us in Christ right, this story that we're telling, we're not the star of the story It's Christ who saves, Christ who rescues, Christ who forgives, Christ who restores, Christ who reconciles. And some people might uh, read this passage and see words like predestined and chosen um, and think, wow, I'm chosen. I'm special. Um, And in some sense, yes. Yes, you were. But it's not because of who you are or what you can do. We're chosen out of the love of Christ. If we're chosen... If we're chosen at all, it's because we're in the most need of saving. Okay? It's because we're in the most need of saving. And remember, the goal, the mystery, way back in in verse 10, the main idea of this passage is to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. God's goal is to save. His desire is to save. God does not will that any should perish, but that He wills that all should come to repentance. And our response to that saving grace of God should be nothing but praise, nothing but gratitude, nothing but thanks, right? Praise God that in Christ we have been chosen to love. Praise God that in Christ we have been found the forgiveness of sins. Praise God that in Christ we have been reconciled with our Creator. Praise God that in Christ we have been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise God that in Christ we have been adopted into the family of God. Praise, praise God that in Christ we've been given every spiritual blessing. Praise God that in Christ we've been given grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And praise God that in Christ He includes us in part of the story. That He includes us in part of the story. Right? That's an amen for me. Alright. Let's pray. Holy Father, you are so, so good. And we love you. Um, And maybe we don't love you sometimes like we should. Maybe sometimes we don't know how to love you. Lord, I trust that you're calling all those who love you to be more and more like you, that you're transforming us bit by bit by the power of your Holy Spirit to be more like you, that we've been adopted into your family, and that you call us your own. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Tom, come back.